यूजली इट इज द मिशिफ मेकर डिवाइन मिशिफ मेकर श्री कृष्णा हो अपसेट्स द प्लान्स बट समाइम शिवा कैन बी प्लेफुल ऑल्सो सो आई हेड थॉट अबाउट शेयरिंग सम ऑफ शिव बिंदो थॉट्स ऑन नेशनलिज्म बिकॉज दैट्स अ डिबेट गोइंग ऑन बट सडनली शिवा केम विद द शिवरात्रि एंड द होल थिंग टू गेट डिफरेंट डायरेक्शन इन अ वे इट इज इंटरेस्टिंग ऑल्सो बिकॉज मोस्टली वी एसोसिएट श्री कृष्णा विद शिव बिंदो इट्स वेरी वेल नोन एंड मच हैज बीन स्पोकन एंड रिटर्न अबाउट इट बट वेरी लिटल ऑन द शिवा एस्पेक्ट ऑफ शिव बिंदो एंड द रोल दैट शिवा हिमसेल्फ प्लेज इन द योगा ऑफ ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन इनफैक्ट द मदर एज कॉल्ड हिम एज द लॉर्ड ऑफ ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन इट्स ए बिग वर्ड एंड इन सावित्री वी हैव सम ऑफ दोज वन लाइनर्स ऑन शिवा ऑन शिवाज ब्रेस्ट स्टेज द इटर्नल डांस another line a giant dance of shiva toward the past and then the new creation starts as if he has to open the door tear the past prepare the passage and very often people ask that what is the origin of shiva because origin of vishnu and brahma people narrate relate to shiva what is the origin of shiva obviously it's not mentioned in the puranas but there is a line in savitri cryptically which points towards it when savitri goes deep in search of her soul then one of the things she discovers is the mother shivas of shiva and vishnu and of course brahma with the word so it's from the divine mother where else because all the gods are powers and aspects so yesterday was shivratri and um, the external forms that it has taken they have no utility now for the present and the future because mother has said the age of the gods is over and yet the gods remain relevant in one way in evening talks when shubhendra was asked about the clues and hints to arrive at the supramental life so one disciple said is it through the psychic life shubhendra says yes you got a clue then another disciple says is it by going through the plane of the gods shubhendra says yes you have another clue the mother elaborates on this much later when she says there are three approaches to supramental life one is the shortest sweetest simplest and she says it is through a certain psychic feeling which even animals are capable of plants are capable of so it's within the realm of humanity so when we say so oh, super mind is very difficult that means we are catching it the wrong way so she says it's very simple direct easy through this through a certain psychic feeling she doesn't even use the word psychic realization or psychic experience she just uses the word psychic feeling there is a certain psychic emotion which particularly those of us who are innately gifted or simple in our natures or blessed by the grace it becomes very easy the second approach is the occult approach where she says it's the path of the gods she also same thing but she abindra has said but she says it's um, little complicated and sometimes it can be dangerous though it is charming it can be dangerous because one can easily get into their mazes their influence and move into circle of powers which give us everything except the ultimate absolute and the third is she says through a certain kind of higher intellectual approach which is the most difficult of all because when we go through that we hit the impersonal 
and it's very difficult to go beyond it because the mind tends to dwell in that impersonality and mistake it for peace or nirvana and many other things and it can just remains static there it's very difficult to go beyond to the dynamic liberation but nevertheless the gods remain relevant only thing is they have mostly run away from the temples what of all these dholes and all kinds of noises but they have gone back to their true place in the human heart because that's where their real temple is the largest temple is of course the universe and the smallest temple is the atoms in between is the heart of man where we have that original temple of all these gods who reside there and of course the divine mother who is seated there as the raj rajeshwari so this is the real place where they have gone and they are working so their work continues and they will continue to do their work shiva himself is a very interesting very complex and fascinating god in many ways uh, not less fascinating that than krishna though krishna appeals because of the sweetness and charm but he is very very exacting and demanding shobindo confirms that you think the path to krishna is easy try those who have followed him he will lure and make you weep lure and make you weep lure and make you weep till you reach a point of utter self abandonment and then he reveals himself <laughs> and then you discover there is nothing left of you so that is the way krishna takes very charming way but not an easy way by any means shiva quick to please easy to please but also equally ready to be aroused not in anger but in destruction of all that holds us back that's why he is known as the giver of moksha he liberates the human consciousness from all that holds us back into ignorance he destroys ignorance he is also known as bhutnath so this term is uh, you know often associated with something very dark but actually it's a very beautiful term so all creation is an act of panch mahabhut it's very amazing how the divine has used just five things to create the soul universe what combinations see in genes also there are just four things through which nature has created this multiplicity and the fifth element they have not discovered so it's the five elements which everywhere in creation has woven the texture but they have emerged from shiva so shiva is bhutnath the lord of all the bhutas he is also the adi yogi and his names show us the way towards yoga so as bhutnath if a human being can control all the five elements and the path of controlling the five elements is not by doing some kind of rigorous tapasya or scientific technology which also tries to control these elements but simply by controlling the five senses because each of these senses corresponds to an element so if we control the senses we arrive at a progressive mastery which leads us to that state of yoga shiva is supposed to be the original yogi uh, which is so much you know glorified in the yogic text then there is another path of yoga which also shiva opens as mahakal which is mastery over time how does one master time it's so difficult we can't even conceive of time here also there is a clue within the human being the clue is that basically time creates rhythms and in every aspect of creation we see this rhythm in the human being and the human body also this rhythm is created there are many rhythms in the human body day and night the cycles of secretion of juices etc etc but all these rhythms are principally governed by the breath and the heartbeat 
so if we learn to master the heartbeat and the breath not easy by any means because heartbeat is purely an involuntary function so also breath is only partially voluntary then we can master time so there is a clue to master all the five elements and time within the human system and shiva gives this yoga to man which is principally a raj yoga and we need not go into the detail and therefore he becomes not only bhutnath and mahakal but he also becomes the adi yogi the 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 one who first taught the yoga to man by which he can transcend the frame of the material universe which is created by the senses and time so by this mastery we transcend the space time continuum to put in modern terms and arrive at shivatva so this is of course one side of shiva then yesterday we had mahashivratri interestingly the the great night of shiva so what is there to celebrate in night of course night we know destroys many things it destroys the illusions of the day time it destroys many things which we have built up like castles in the air but whatever is true always remains but it is said that on this particular night it's very symbolically significant even to our yoga and the mother has hinted it at it in her one of her letters to huta this is the night when shiva came out of his trance and he was ecstatic with all his devotees they were calling him calling him and eventually he comes out and as he comes out of his trance he eventually comes close to sati who has been aspiring for his coming for god knows how many centuries and his glance meets the glance of sati and the two dance in a dance of a divine creation so it's it's very uh, you know is the coming of the divine purusha or the divine soul and uniting with prakriti so it has a direct bearing a symbolic bearing on the yoga of transformation and then of course we know that on this night shiva is also supposed to have given the mahamrityunjaya mantra which revived chandrama chandrama is the spiritual consciousness which was cursed that unless it arrives at fullness it's going to perish by daksh because daksh didn't want the spiritual consciousness because it breaks the norms daksh has created nice rules and norms shiva doesn't care about rules and norms so he is the one whom outcast the demons the the renegade elements of society they all take refuge in shiva because he doesn't follow any law he is a law unto himself just like krishna is a law unto himself you can't tell shiva no no he is not a good guy don't bring near him he will say you stay away i want to embrace this bad guy you can't help it shiva is like that he may even give boons to all kinds of asuras but there is a mystic miracle that works in all his boons and actions which of course as we grow uh, you know they are revealed to us so i thought let us um, dwell a little bit on shurbindo on shiva there are some very interesting things shurbindo has written many things and of course there is an aspect of shurbindo which is like shiva which maybe this time or next time we will read in context with nationalism but first about shiva shurbindo on shiva the gods behind the workings of nature are to be seen and adored as powers names and personalities of the one godhead shubindo himself had followed all these paths together the higher intellectual the psychic the um, the occult through the gods and many others an infinite conscious force executive energy will or law 
माया प्रकृति शक्ति और कर्मा इज बिहाइंड ऑल हैपीनिंग्स वेदर टू अस दे सेम गुड और बैड एक्सेप्टेबल और इनएक्सेप्टेबल फॉर्चुनेट और एडवर्स बट वी लाइक टू चूज द फॉर्चुनेट वंस सो हु विल टेक द शेयर ऑफ द अनफॉर्चुनेट इवेंट्स दैट कम अप इन द वर्ल्ड द बिटरनेस द पॉइजन शिवा इज देयर सो शिवा ड्रिंक्स दैट बिटर कप ऑफ ऑल द ग्रीफ एंड हिटरेट दैट स्प्यूज इन अवर हार्ट द विनोम and he drinks it along with and he drinks it and liberates us so in that we also he, his action is liberating because he drinks all that bitterness of hatred jealousy fear and all these things which pollute the human consciousness and swallows it and as the story goes that's how his name is nilkant that this poison was um, produced during the churning of the ocean and shubindu has commented on this story very beautifully we'll read in his own words but now let us continue a little bit the infinite creates and is brahma it preserves and is vishnu it destroys or takes to itself and is rudra or shiva the supreme energy beneficent in upholding and protection is or else formulates itself as the mother of the worlds lakshmi or durga or beneficent even in the mask of destruction it is chandi or it is kali the dark mother the one godhead manifests himself in the form of his qualities in various names and godheads the very goddess of destruction is at the same time the compassionate and loving mother the austere maheshwara rudra is also shiva the auspicious asutosh the refuge of men now this mood of shiva Shubindu captures in one of his very remarkable, beautiful poems. One of my favorites, of course. Um, and yes, this poem is Epiphany. It's a divine vision, and Shubindu brings Shiva so close to our hearts, to our inner and subtle vision through this poem. immortal moveless calm alone august is silence throned to just and to unjust he doesn't care who is right who is wrong he will sit with the lowest of the low and share the meals that is shiva the distinctions of caste creed rich or poor vanish before him one lord is one lord of still unutterable love i saw him shiva like a brooding dove shubindu says i saw him it's not just a poem close winged upon her nest the outcasts came the sinners gathered to that quiet flame the demons by the other sterner gods rejected from their luminous abodes gathered around the refuge of the lost soft smiling on that wild and grisly host so shiva is sitting smiling on that wild and grisly host they have come run away renegades scouts outcast from the world everybody is rejected the gods have said no place for you guys the earth and humanity has thrown them away where will they go they go to shiva and take refuge in him this aspect of shurbindo comes several times so in in prison we see it shubindu was actually put with those who were murderers criminals 
and Shubhendra discovers Vasudeva in them. He says, God is raising this country through these human beings. They are the hope. He doesn't, uh, you know, uh, pin his hopes on the great leaders of those times. He said, they are the hopes. So strange. So, all who were refugeless, wretched, unloved, the wicked and the good together moved naturally to him. The shelterers sweet and found their heaven at their master's feet. So in this queue, everybody was there together. There was no distinction. Good human beings come on this side. Those who are sinners gather on the other side. First this queue will move, then another queue. Didn't matter where you are, when, which way. You are just in the queue and the queue is moving towards him. He doesn't question who you are and what you are. He just accepts you with unconditional love. The vision changed. Now the other mood of Shiva. This is of course the Ashutos, the benevolent. Now Rudra, the vision changed. And in its place there stood a terror, red as lightning or as blood. His strong right hand, a javelin advanced. And as he shook it, earthquakes tumbling danced across the hemisphere. Ruin and plague rained out of heaven. Disasters swift and vague. Neighbored a marching multitude of hills. His foot strode forward to oppress the hills. Now when he sees these demons are mistaking my goodness for weakness. They think that they can misuse the strength given to them. So then Shiva says, okay, come Ravana, come close. And as he comes close, he wants to lift Kailash. Just one-tenth of his foot is enough to crush his arms. So this is Shiva, majestic, a terror, red as lightning. And at the vision of his burning eyes, the hearts of men grew faint with dread surmise of sin and punishment. Their cry was loud. O master of the storm wind and the cloud, spare, Rudra, spare, show us that other form, auspicious, not incarnate wrath and storm. So the whole prayer of Ravana is conjured in just four lines. Spare us, show us that other form. We can remember how even Arjuna was shaken when the Shiva aspect hidden behind Krishna came to the forefront and was there to destroy the whole Kurukshetra. And he says, no, no, don't show this form. I can't behold it. Show me your simpler, easy to handle form of Vishnu. I can manage that, but I can't manage this. And then those marvelous lines, the God of force, the God of love are one. Not least he loves, whom most he smites, alone. These are really marvelous lines, always to remember. We think, oh, God has chosen me specifically to inflict cruelty. No, perhaps he loves us intensely. So look at these lines. The God of force, the God of love are one. Not least he loves, whom most he smites, alone. Who towers above fear and plays with grief. Defeat and death inherits full relief. So if we really want to arrive at Shiva, we have to see God in both, in things which are beautiful and things which are ugly. When good things happen, also when bad things happen. 
we have to see him equally in both shurbindo actually i was feeling you know one should write something on purely the yogi shurbindo before coming to pondicherry there are so many of his writings full of this vision of equality at one place very few of us may know that before shurbindo came to pondicherry two dates were celebrated the 7th august as the partition day bengal's partition and 16th october as the unity day and shubhendra says that we should see even in this partition separation the divine mother free and in the other the divine mother who holds the worlds together and he says both will serve her purpose it's so amazing and this is before coming to pondicherry he he shows us the divine mother's play in everything so we have to see that to rise from blindness and beholds the single form love masking terror peace supporting storm the friend of man helps him with life and death until he knows then freed from mortal breath grief pain resentment terror pass away he feels the joy of the immortal play so while living he can give us mukti and not only in shamshan so shamshan always you know the morgue always has kali and shiva and sometimes in strange places like in our medical college in the forensic department it's horrible you know all the dead bodies god knows some five days old with maggots they come for autopsy and you have to be there and you can't put a towel or uh, you know uh, handkerchief over your nose the reason is very simple the professor he is used to it but if you put it he feels degraded i know it i was turned out of the class once because i just took out my hanky and i couldn't help and he said out <laughs> i said but for what you can't stand this smell how will you become a forensic medicine specialist i had no intention of becoming a forensic medicine specialist but i had to pass the exams all right so you know you have to listen to him and come out till he calls you in and but it's a sight but there in that whole room the only thing which i still remember is kali's picture they had put kali's picture because you know you can only she can take all this otherwise so hard to bear he he has the silence and the unflinching force he knows the oneness and the eternal course he to his rudra and thunder and the fire he shiva and the white light no shadows tire the strength that rides abroad on time's wide wings the calm in the heart of all immortal things so this is shiva universalized with an impersonal personality then about this story because mahashivratri is also the day when shiva is supposed to have drunk the poison so this story is often um, you know projected by those who want to deny the greatness of indian thought its myths and legend let's see even the gods are so partial what did vishnu do vishnu ultimately gave the nectar to the gods and tricked the titans whereas they were the ones who actually originally went with the idea it is true that the titans wanted the nectar and uh, they have come up with the idea and the gods they have come together and they have done equal share why should you know they not be given amrit and nectar be given to the gods and shubhendra beautifully in one passage summarizes this story 
in nature since it started from division and egoism the titan had to come first first he is here in us as the elder god the first ruler of man's heaven and earth everybody shobindra says in essays on the gita after describing the devasuri qualities the qualities of the gods and the qualities of the titans so he knows what human beings will do with it they will see the god in themselves and titan in everybody they don't like so shobindra gives it with a rider he says all human beings are in asura by birth it is by conversion and yoga that they change into the divine type it is then that the divine qualities grow in us otherwise ego is our natural state all the qualities people are worried anxious about what will happen to their money what will happen to their near ones dear ones 100000 worries to in some measure or the other they, that's the norm of normal average humanity the pride the drunkenness i have so much the egoism associated with that the haughtiness the arrogance this is the lot of humanity but by conversion he grows into the godhead and all the qualities so after the titan has done his job then arrives the gods and delivers and harmonizes so gods are given an easier task so the asuras go and pluff the soil maybe sow the seeds the gods enjoy the fruits they just water it little bit they enjoy the fruits sounds very unfair but look at the whole story does the it is actually the asura who converts into the gods thus the old legend tells us that the deva and the asura labored together to churn the ocean of life for the supreme drought of immortality so we may initially the gods and the titans in us together come together within us to churn this put in effort for the immortality but if we really want it till the last minute it will be withheld unless egoism and desire passes away so this is the secret but once it had been won vishnu kept it for the god and defrauded the fiercer and more violent worker shobindra doesn't means words and this seems unjust for the asura has the heavier and less grateful portion of the burden he begins and leads he goes his way yoing shaping planting the god follows amends concludes reaps look at what beauty the asura goes plowing doing all the hard dirty work the gods come they amend conclude reap he prepares fiercely and with anguish against a thousand obstacles the force that we shall use the other enjoys the victory and the delight and therefore to the great god shiva the stained and stormy titan is very dear that's why shiva loves the titan because he knows like him he has drunk the poison that's how the legend goes that along with shiva some snakes also took the poison and that's how shiva loves these snakes all the hostile and all these beings so shiva loves them because they have chosen to take the bitterness into their being so when people are very bitter and angry we should not get angry at them we should feel sympathetic and compassionate they are carrying a big burden already if we get angry it's bad they are already carrying a big load on their shoulders poor fellows imagine somebody is very anger prone is throwing anger outside 
how much anger he is carrying inside. Imagine the venom inside a snake that he is carrying all the time. He bites, throws only a small amount, but poison, it's, it's not a good thing. It's an object of pity. Maybe sometime of thanksgiving, because of him we are saved. Otherwise, somebody has to carry this pot of Papa. And they carry this pot of Papa with them. They have chosen this. Or we can say that this is the first stage of humanity, whatever way we put it. But somebody has to carry this burden and they are carrying this burden on themselves. So Shiva knows it because he has also done the same thing. So he loves them. Shiva who took for himself the fierce, dark and bitter poison, first churned up from the sea of life and left to others the nectar. But the choice that Shiva made with knowledge and from love, the titans made from darkness and passion. This is the difference. Darkness, uh, titans thought that they are going to get something very nice. They were all the time glued. But Shiva was very conscious. He had chosen to accept that poison, bitterness of others and give hope in return. So it is a choice made out of love whereas the titans have made this choice out of ambition. Desirous really of something very different and deceived by their stormy egoism. Therefore, the award of Vishnu stands. To the God shall fall the crown and the immortality. And not unless he divinize himself to the proud and strenuous Asura. So this is the basic thing that if you really want this crown of immortality, it is necessary to purify because bitterness will come in every life. In fact, Sri describes yoga in very interesting way. He says the ordinary life, in the ordinary life, we it's very sweet in the beginning. Even if we taste the cup of ordinary life, very sweet in the beginning. But as the cup becomes lesser and lesser, it becomes more and more hard-hitting, harsh, bitter, poisonous. Many reasons. We need not go into it, but this just effect. That as you know, the drought becomes less and less, it grows bitter and bitter. This is the ordinary life. The life of yoga is bitter in the beginning because you have to do things which are very abnormal, not natural to human beings. But as we grow, it becomes sweeter and sweeter. So this is the difference. That, And then he gives a very interesting secret about this whole thing about Shiva coming out of his trance and the Divine Mother and this whole play. And he connects it with everything in life. According to our Vedantic idea, this is how the world and things come into being. Everything, including in our everyday life. They exist first in seed form in the silent and unexpressed idea. In a world of deep sleep, where there is as yet no action of thought or deed, only the inert, inoperative idea. That is why even when mantra is said in a mechanical way, it is worth it. In fact, one of the stories of Shivratri is this, that there was a hunter who went hunting and you know, he was chased by a tiger, he got scared and climbed on a tree. And he was carrying a pot with him which was leaking. So the pot kept leaking and he was terrified with tear. It's a very dramatic story, I am sure it's some, somebody. But the story conveys a meaning. And the leaves kept falling and the pot kept leaping, le leaking. Eventually he had no water left 
and terrified whole night he remained but as he walked back home with no water and hungry to the core he eventually was exhausted and died but as he died shiva came to give him liberation so parvati says what this he says no no the tree on which he was sleeping is the bilva tree the bale tree and he was terrified and the leaves were falling my on my lingam which was below and accidentally because this pot was leaking all the water which he should have drunk was falling on my lingam so i was so happy i said okay let's grant him moksha it doesn't matter he may be a hunter or anybody shiva can do it it's quite very much like the personality of shiva whether the story is true or not but it conveys a point that even mechanically unconsciously when we do something which at its core is beautiful where there is a truth behind it it has its own effect and power so everything at first is in that state in a state of sleep in state of inertia only the inert inoperative idea shiva the white and pure the ascetic the still contemplative yogin holds them in himself as pragya the wise one god ideal so he is the first god who holds these seeds inside himself in a state of deep sleep susupti of course that sleep goes deeper and deeper unless it becomes the sleep of inconscient it is there very beautifully conveyed in shiv puran where shiva becomes all this material world into a jala avastha he enters into inconscience but shiva is tamasik and rajas is necessary to set it into motion the thing is next to sprout out of the seed and take a volatile and unfixed shape in the psychic world where it waits for a material birth here brahma the flaming shapeless and many shaped holds them in his brilliant vibrating medium of active imagination and thought and by his daughter vacha saraswati the goddess speech eldest born of the world puts them into shape and body as hiranyagarbha so in us too we will see that first things are asleep suddenly they enter the realm of thought and imagination we may not understand it but the idea of yoga the idea of transformation some kind of an Im- imagination associated with it begins to stir in the inner world the subtle world now brahma is operative then comes vishnu last they take prominent shape and abide in some material body form organism vishnu there holds them in his fixed and visible cosmos as virat god practical until the divine imagination varies of them and shiva as destroyer draws them back again their outward form disintegrated and their supporting imaginations dead into the seed state from which they emerge so this is the whole cycle and shubindu conjures this also in a very interesting poem or rather two poems which we shall read and then we will close very beautiful poem shubindu has written on shiva one of them is shiva the inconscient creator he is in his trance of bliss his trance of bliss he gets the name shambhu in a blissful state or he gets the name shankara again one who draws us towards oneness to a state of sam karsh to draw draws towards a state of oneness so that is his abode shankara shambhu all these names have come from that a face on the cold dire mountain peaks grand and still its lines white and austere 
match with the unmeasured snowy streaks cutting heaven implacable and sheer so shiva on the mountain tops above it a mountain of matted hair eon coiled on that deathless and lone head in its solitude huge of lifeless air round above illimitably spread a moon ray on the forehead blue and pale stressed afar its finger of chill light moon the symbol of cold illumined spiritual consciousness love has not yet entered there illumined emptiness stern and male mask of peace indifferent in might he couldn't care less if the worlds were being destroyed he would say fine cool so perhaps the word cool came from shiva and you know shiva sits on the coolest of places and cool literally means i am cool about it it's okay let the world go to blazes i am cool so it's i'm sure this word which the youth use must be one of those which has sprung right out of shiva cool but out from some infinite born now came over giant snows and the still face a quiver and color of crimson flame fire point in immensities of space light spear tips reveal the mighty shape toward the secret veil of the heart's hold in the diamond heart the fires undrape living core a brazier of gold suddenly out of that austere ascetic yogi the covering is torn and what comes out just like from the mountains the best springs the sweetest the purest springs of water the coolest springs which quench the thirst they come from the mountains that's why some companies have even taken advantage of it so they have names like mountain dew i'm sure it's made in some plains but very smart and of course there is mountain waters they are very interesting because you know it's the purest form of water this was the closed mute and burning source whence were formed the worlds and their star dance life spring sprang is self wrapped in conscient force love a blazing seed from that flame trance and then finally the poem where shiva comes out and marries parvati shubindu this legend as i said is a legend where which is the coming together of the masculine and the feminine principle the divine soul and the shakti or material nature and mother has directly written to hutai in one of the cards where shiva and shakti was painted as are the narishwar she said it's the symbol of shiva divine soul uniting with material nature which is what our yoga of transformation will realize so it's a symbol which yogis had already foreseen conjured as the eventual fulfillment and it's very interesting story because normally it is uh, shown as the tapasvi shiva destroying love but it's not as simple as that because love still one shiva did come out shiva did marry parvati it's love conquering the ascetic shiva it can put it the other way but by becoming purified and refined what shiva does is shiva destroys the vital elements of love and what happens to love he becomes anang impersonal universal love and it is with that heart of love that shiva unites with parvati so it's a very interesting story where love still is a victor even when it is vanquished and it always happens in the in all stories of love 
लव इज ऑलवेज ए विक्टर इवन वेन इट लूजेज सो दैट्स वाई समबडी सेड इट इज बेटर टू हैव लव्ड एंड लॉस्ट देन नेवर हैविंग लव्ड एंड एट ऑल आई मीन इट्स ए वेरी मार्वेलस लाइन विच कंटेन्स विद इन इट ए वेरी डीप एंड प्रोफाउंड ट्रूथ दैट लव इज ए विक्टर इवन और शिवा ही इट ब्रिंग्स आउट सो इट इज दिस स्टोरी ऑफ शिवा एंड द डिवाइन मदर सो ब्यूटिफुली शुभिंदु पुट्स इट Shiva on the white summit of eternity is single soul of bare infinities he is the absolute that contains all other absolutes so he uses the word bare infinities each power has its own absolute which is infinite and yet shiva holds all of them within himself a single soul of bare infinities guarded he keeps by a fire screen of peace his mystic loneliness of nude ecstasy how beautifully shivindu brings this uh, you know shiva is often shown as he has no clothes to wear what he wears is simply a bark from nature deer skin or a tiger skin from nature he is nude what a grand idea conception of god he is nude bare without anything without any formal clothes dress to wear to show off to cover up so he is a, a, a loneliness of nude ecstasy but touched by an immense delight to be he looks across unending depths and sees musing amid the inconscient silences the mighty mother's dumb felicity all nature is calling him dumb felicity because he is hidden even in nature as shambhu and it's calling come 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 i to want to experience this joy which is hidden in your heart so as shiva experiences this bliss and cast his gaze deep he says the mighty mother is asleep waiting for him to wake up and for his delight to be half now awake she rises to his glance as shiva opens his eyes suddenly the mighty mother nature rises then move to circling by her heart beats will the rhythmic worlds describe that passion dance so it is said that on shivratri shiva and parvati dance the great dance what is that dance tandav as the creative dance tandav is not always destructive when shiva dances alone it is tandav when shiva dances with parvati it is tandav lasya which creates so what parvati does shiva is destroying and parvati is creating that's how this dance is and it's amazing i mean i i have not seen it live it's only on television but i wish sometime it could be done here where it's not just tandav but tandav by the shiva aspect and lasya by parvati and it's an amazing rhythm the two together and that dance creates the worlds the rhythmic worlds describe that passion dance life springs in her and mind is born her face she lifts to him who is herself who is shiva herself none else what a majestic line she lifts to him who is herself until 
the spirit leaps into the spirit's embrace so this is the story of shiva and parvati shobindra in one short poem has revealed the great and profound truth so we'll close here and next week more on shobindra and the suspect of shiva and nationalism if shiva were to create a nation how he will create and if krishna were to create how he will create this is a good way to look at what nationalism should be rather than simply play with our own ideas and views